Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Central. How are you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio for 10 years, the number one Irish tech podcast bringing you the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. Remember, as well as our show on air with RTE and online via the website or your favourite podcasting app from Spotify to iTunes or TuneIn, uh, we keep you bang up to date on all things tech every single day with hourly updates and daily newsletters, which are yours for free at techcentral.ie. Joining me as always is our Tech Central editor in Chief Niall Kitson is out on the road today, so we're uh, chatting on Skype. Uh, but the big story of the week is the Samsung launch. They launched uh, their brand new S10 phone, and then finally we have the uh, the Fold. <sighs> Reactions, Niall. What did you make of it? Okay, well, in one sense, I wasn't surprised because there was some footage leaked a couple of weeks ago of something that looked like a folding phone, but it couldn't really be verified. And guess what? That footage actually appeared in the official presentation. Mm. So, yep, kind of no surprises there. Um, sort of the thing folds out like a book. You've got you've got a, a little bit of a better handle uh, on what took place because you were actually there with your notebook. I'm not a big man for um, um, for spec uh, stuff and that. But anyway, ba- basically, it's, it's got a screen as you would expect on the front cover. And then when you open it up, you've got the two sides, which is all screen. It's a 7.3-inch screen inside. So it's big enough for video. Uh, it's big enough for maps, which it, they looked awesome uh, in the presentation. They made a big thing about using three apps at the same time. And I'm just kind of thinking, However, uh, with the maps demonstration, one thing that they kept going on about was a thing called app continuity. So if, as we all do, look at maps on our phone, and then you want to see a bigger map, you open it up, that same map is there, but in a, in a bigger format, which was uh, kind of good. Uh, another thing that I think the industry were looking at was the hinge that they were going to put on this thing, because we've had foldable phones before with ZTE and with Royale and stuff like that, but Samsung seemed to have done a very, very nice job on this, and they've also made it, they've also made it customizable. Uh, the, this whole sales pitch, they're as bad as Apple when it comes to the sales pitch. <laughs> The one thing that made me happy or or the one thing that made me laugh was they went and we've how how do we get power into this thing? You know, we've got two batteries in this and our engineers have worked in a way to take two batteries and combine them together for one energy source. Wow. And then I'm yeah, lo- that's very I'm, Apple. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the remote control for my telly, which takes like two AA batteries. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. Uh, also, what else did they have with the uh, the fold cameras? There's three on the back. There's two inside. There's one on the front. It's ridiculous. Uh, what was interesting was they kept calling it a luxury device. Luxury device all the way through. You can do this, that, that, that luxury, high-end a premium phone, all these words thrown in. And then we came to the price. Now, do you want to know the price now or will we give the price after you've got some reactions? Uh, let's do some reactions first. Okay. okay? Because what's, what's, you look at the blurbs that have come out online and there's a little bit of shoulder shrugging. And yes, there is the acceptance that it's a premium product. Not everybody is going to wa- want one of these. It's a first generation uh, example of this from Samsung. So there's a little bit of latitude there. People are willing to give it the benefit of the doubt. Mind you, they're giving it the benefit of the doubt from a distance. I haven't come across anyone that said, yeah, must have, must have, in the same way that, you know, the last few iPhone releases have been must have, but can't afford it. This is must have. It's super expensive, 
maybe down the line. Okay, are you ready for the price? Yeah, hit me. Okay, here we go. In the EU, it's going to cost €2,000. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? Your reaction is exactly the reaction uh, at the conference last night. Because normally when they give the price, they go, way, or there's a clap or whatever. Uh, at the mm. Samsung thing, they said, and it'll be, and they had it in dollars, $1,980. And literally went, people went, huh? and then they went, huh? and then they laughed. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that as, uh, as such a thing. I think it's a, a it's a crazy price, but you know, kind of. I think for a product that is, uh, as you say, it's a first generation. Um, I think it's going to be interesting when it gets out into the market to see if there actually is a need or a want or whatever for uh, for foldable phones. Because one of the things that I remember with um, when they brought in f- uh, cameras on on phones for the first time. I went, this is going to be huge because people are going to take pictures and they're going to send them as text messages to their friends. And it didn't Hmm. happen. Yeah. What happened when it got out into the real world was people were taking pictures and keeping keeping them on the phone. And then when they met their friends, they went, here, look at this. (laughs) (laughs) And now we've got WhatsApp and stuff like that and Facebook and whatever we we, we share. So it'll be interesting when the fold gets out into the world to see what actually happens. Though at that price point... Hmm, I don't know. Uh, let's move on to the S10 and the S10e and the S10 5G and the S10 Plus. Oh my God, there's so many variations in these things. It's, it's, uh, okay, anyway. and you're you're the Samsung apologist, so you tell me what's new and exciting. Oh, I'm a, I'm a Samsung apologist now. I know. <laughs> let's concentrate on the S10, all right? Because that that is kind of the the main one, all right? Uh, okay. The, the S10 comes with a, a 6.1 inch screen, which I actually think is quite big for a, for a standard phone. And the only reason I say that I think it's quite big is that I think it may actually be a little bit too big because the uh, S9 and the uh, S8, uh, which I'm more used to, have got a smaller screen, uh, 5.8 inches. And I find that quite big to get into the pocket. Anyway, we'll wait and see what happens. Uh, The big thing that everybody's talking about on the S10 is the hole punch or in Apple speak, the notch. Now, is is that exactly what it is? I mean, is that a direct substitute? Uh, they've come up with some name for it. They call it the, the Endless O-Ring or, or something like whatever. Okay. Uh, but, but everybody's just calling it a hole punch. And essentially what they've done is they have uh, moved the cameras up to the top right-hand corner of the phone so hmm. that they're able to then uh, hide the cameras in the screen itself. And then you've got the other notifications in the same line with the camera. Mm. Um, and quite cleverly with the wallpaper, what they've done is they've made sure that that part of the wallpaper is black. <laughs> so so that, it's effectively invisible. Exactly. And all the various different wallpapers that uh, you're able to get with the stock phone uh, uh, will do that. Like, you know, um, mm. it's it's not a big deal to me. Um, I think what's interesting is they've ditched the eye scanner because they're trying to uh, save space up there and they've replaced it with a fingerprint and the fingerprint will now work on this on the actual screen. You don't have to put your fingerprint uh, uh, behind anymore. Um, they've also introduced wireless charging, uh, as many other devices. We had the, the Huawei earlier in the year that, that do that. But they gave a brilliant use example of this. And this is you can wirelessly charge your Bluetooth headphones while you're on the move. Nice. And that's that's what Apple were promising with AirPower, but we haven't seen it on the market yet. Well, there you go. Well, Apple's always a year behind everybody else, at least. Um 
the S10 is the standard model, all right? And the yep. price on that is 919 euro. That includes VAT and it will be available here in Ireland on March the 8th and you can pre-order it now on the uh, on the Samsung website. Um you no know, dead Vodafone and everybody else will will get in on the act as well. Now, the variations on that was kind of interesting. Uh, they have done what Apple did and they've brought in a cheaper version. Now, if you want to get in on the Apple game, the cheaper version actually might be quite good because you're getting what is effectively an S9 or an S8 for a couple of hundred quid cheaper. It's got the same size screen as the S9 or the S8 at uh, 5.8 uh, inches. The only problem is you don't get that nice curved side. Uh, the camera's not quite as good. The fingerprint scanner is on the side. Like I say, it's kind of an S10, but it's really the same as an S8 or an S9. Uh, the price, 769 euro, which... Mm, yeah, it's not bad. Uh, and then we've got the uh, S10 Plus then, which is the bigger version. For an extra 100 quid on the S10 Plus, actually, you get a bigger screen, 6.4 inches and a couple of other uh, little extra bits and pieces. Uh, the other thing that they were talking about was the S10 5G. Now, if I think a 6.1 inch screen is uh, ridiculous, the S10 5G has got a 6.7 inch screen. Okay, that's not a, that's not a phone. Yeah, exactly. But you know what's going to happen now is that men are going to start carrying handbags just to accommodate their phones. That's Man bags. Man yes. bags, that's it. Uh, but the S10 5G, I mean, it's got, you know, the biggest screen, better cameras and stuff like that. It's got a bigger battery in it. Uh, but all importantly, it's got the, uh, the 5G features. But I don't think that's really, I think that's even less attractive than a foldable phone. Because hmm. who's putting 5G out there in the world and where is it available and when it will be available? Whatever. It's going to, it's going to take some time to, uh, to get that together. Uh, and there's no release date on the, uh, on the 5G version. Do you know what I think is interesting, though, with all of the new um, Samsung phones? No. Go ahead. They all come with a hybrid SIM. And what a hybrid SIM is, is on the little slot where you put in your memory card and your SIM card, is the slot for the memory card can work as a SIM or as a memory card. Oh, that's handy. Now, that Especially is, if you're a traveller. Precisely. And uh, that, never mind that, if you live anywhere near the border. Oh, yes. Precisely. Like, it's, it's Brexit ready. Egg. <laughs> I was... Just trying to avoid that, but yes, that's that's exactly uh, where where I'm getting at. Um, so overall, uh, reactions from me on Samsung. Okay, so the foldable phone. I think uh, we were expecting the foldable phone. They came out and it's nice, and they did a relatively good job. Uh, the price just made it a joke. I don't see the use for it. Yeah. Okay. Today um, you don't see the use for it. Today I don't see the use. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that. And with the S10, uh, I think, yeah, it's kind of a nice upgrade. There's nothing in there that's that's, that's making me go, eh, it's better than the S9, that's for sure. Mm. Um, but yeah, mm, yeah, I'm not jumping up and down. I think I'm going to hang on to my own phone and, uh, and I'll wait for the S12 because you never buy an odd-numbered phone. Uh, yes, that's, that's a pretty good piece of advice and one that has stood by us for a long time now. So how would you sum up the phone? Are you in agreement or anything to add? Uh, I, I shall wait for Apple's take on it. How does that oh, sound? Oh, Gabana. That's what I like about us. We make a good team. You're the Apple man. I'm the Samsung man. <laughs> well, hey. There we go. That's the news for this week. Thanks, Niall. This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie. When we talk about 3D printing, we immediately think of manufacturing. But what if we could use the same 3D principles to print food? 
I kid you not. This week, Nal Kitson is talking to Dr. Roisin Burke from the School of Culinary Arts and Food Technology at Technological University Dublin about how the term made to order is about to mean something entirely different. As good a place as any to start is your experience with 3D printing, because when I think of um, 3D printing, I'm immediately thinking construction. I'm thinking prototypes. I'm not necessarily thinking about food. Um, So tell me how you got involved in uh, 3D printing. Sure. Um, Well, I suppose I really got interested after I went to a conference two years ago in the Netherlands, and it was specifically about 3D food printing. Um, so there was a, a various talks and then there was a, a they had set up a kind of a kitchen, if you like, with six workbenches and chefs working away at each bench preparing a meal that evening for a few lucky people. And um, I just came away from that conference with a lot of ideas and thinking that's something we could do back in Dublin in the in the college. Um, there's there's so much variety and things that you could do that you can't normally do with the equipment that we would have uh, and that's really where it started and then after that um, I, I just looked into the possibility of getting a food printer and we were able to purchase one and we've been dabbling around with it for the last few months just to see what we could do with it. And that kind of dabbling really you know you the world is your oyster, to use a, a, an unfortunate uh, <laughs> turn of phrase. But um, when you initially think of 3D printing, you think of, OK, it's a, a printing by layers process and you're using a raw material like aluminium or a class of plastic. So what kind of raw materials are you dealing with? Um, well, the last few things we printed were uh, pasta dough. And we just had it in a powder form and added oil and water. Um, then the other thing we made was um, was potato puree. So, I mean, the recipe is just potatoes boiled in salted water, then put through a sieve to get rid of any lumps and milk and butter added and seasoned. And we were able to print out an octopus um, and with eyes and the obviously the eight legs on it. So um, they're the kind of things we've been doing. So that's quite fun, really, when it, that that level of sort of artistic expression is 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 that part part of what you're bringing to the table. Oh gosh, another appalling turn of phrase. But uh, <laughs> if you uh, apologise, the clumsiness is is this part of uh, part of the experience to make people think about how food can be presented differently. Exactly. Um, I suppose we're kind of being confined by the equipment we have up to now and, you know, we can do what what's possible with that equipment. But with the 3D printing, you have a lot more freedom to experiment and, you know, to the, to the level that you can personalise food. Um, for example, you can take a scan of, say, a bridal couple um, and you can use the photo and scan it up as a topper for their wedding cake. So whereas normally you'd have um, just a generic topper now that has the faces of the people who are getting married. Um, so th- they're the kind of things and the level of precision as well that a human couldn't do to that extent. 
Um, so th- there's a huge variety of applications. It's, it's you know, it's amazing, really. And I imagine in working with professionals, um, the, there is an interesting uh, virtuous loop where I imagine people come back and they say, well, we'd really like to be able to do this or this is a nice differentiator for our business that you can come and you can have, you know, flower shaped pasta if, if you so wish. How do, how do you find um, professionals response to this kind of technology? Is there an element of preciousness that, you, you know, part of what we do is artistic anyway, uh, or has are people much more open minded? Um, I suppose it's like anything. Initially, people are a bit wary and um, if it's something they're not familiar with. Um, but I think when when they get more used to it, I think, like, for example, the students we have, um, when I took out the printer, um, these are the culinary arts students, um, they were immediately over to see what was it doing and what, what were the possibilities. And I think from what we've seen in the, mo- in the recent years, you know, there's a lot more willingness to experiment and try new things, things that you can bring to your customer. Because we're not trying to get rid of chefs, of course not, or, or professional uh, people, because you still have to cook the food, you still have to come up with the recipe. Um, it's just adding another dimension to it. You mentioned, uh, or rather you touched upon the idea of personalization there. And when it comes to ingredients, I think there's a tremendous potential there mm-hmm. to um, have um, uh, materials that are sp- Specific to the user, uh, if you will. What what kind of uh, work is being done in this area? Yeah, well, I think one of the really big benefits would be to, you know, to patients, for example, in nursing homes. And there has been a lot of work done to the extent that whole meals are being served in nursing homes to people who have eating difficulties like dysphagia. So normally those patients would be given, given some kind of a puree which looks totally unappetizing and, again, giving them a reason not to eat. But with 3D printing, they're able to form, you know, food into appetizing-looking food and the texture alters in the mouth of the patient and it's much easier to eat. And then in that way, they eat better than, than they would if it was just presenting them with a puree. So... You know, there's there's huge benefits for specific diets um, and people who require specific type of food to eat. Uh, and I imagine tr- tremendous perspective for combining nutrients or combining ingredients at the professional level as well. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I mean. It's it's the potential is is massive, really, when you think about it, because um, you know we're used to the supermarket and here's your choice and that's it kind of thing. But here it's wide open. You, know, you, can, you can make what, what you want. I think that role of the supermarket is quite interesting because there has been um, studies re- released lately. I think the ESRI had one uh, discussing the makeup of our diets at the moment and in particular how reliant we are on um, uh, processed foods and processed meats in, in particular as well, that if we moved more towards a, a plant-based diet, it, it would ultimately be better for us. Um, do you think that using ingredients uh, like sort of plant-based uh, materials 
would make this sort of diet more appetizing to traditional meat eaters? Say, you know, if you could get a tofu burger that actually tastes like a burger, uh, would this be sort of a, an interesting avenue to deliver that kind of food to people? Uh, for sure, it definitely would. Um, because again, you see, you can add your flavors, you can add your colors, you can control the texture um, and come up with a recipe potentially that could, you know, fulfill those needs of a, a meat eater and giving them a plant-based uh, protein food. So, yeah, again, lots of potential. Uh, and I guess finally, looking at how um, 3D printers are are being used in the wild uh, in restaurants, uh, you mentioned uh, in your opening example, sort of see, seeing um, some chefs at work. Um yeah. Do you think that this is going to be sort of a, a boutique experience for the moment where you do have restaurants that pride themselves on sort of being scientific in their approach to, to food, um, that this will just become a, maybe a permanent fixture in the kitchen? Or do you think it might be part of a, a broader transition? Um, yeah, well, you see, we're at the early stages. So up to now, what we've seen in terms of restaurants are the pop-up restaurant. I don't know if you've heard of Food Inc. That's I-N-K. Um, they have pop-up restaurants around the world um, serving meals, including the furniture is 3D printed, the utensils are 3D printed, and the meal is 3D printed. Um, but of course, that's very expensive. But Following on that, there's a restaurant in the Netherlands where the chef is going towards um, full meals being 3D printed. Um, so, you know, I'd say st the, some restaurants will take up aspects of it and you may get a few, not many, but maybe a few trying to produce whole meals uh, three, which are 3D printed. So I, I guess it depends as well on costs and, you know, if the prices start to come down a bit, it'll go more mainstream. So originally it would have been the price of a small car, but now the prices are ranging from just over 2,000 to 4,000 euro. Um, and possibly it'll, it'll go down a bit further. So people who are interested in, you know, that side of food and technology will be interested probably in buying a food printer maybe for a novelty factor but yeah it'll be interesting to see where it goes because if you would ask that question about um, microwaves years ago you know people would have probably said oh no they won't become mainstream but they did so um it just depends on, on how you know the trends and you know the design of the printers and if they come down a bit further in price um, but but it is a possibility. And that was Niall Kitson chatting with Dr. Roisin Burke from the School of Culinary Arts and Food Technology at Technological University in Dublin. That's our show for this week. Remember, you can get the lowdown on all things tech in Ireland with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more at our website, techcentral.ie or listen to us each week online or Fridays at 5pm on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Until next time, from myself, Dusty Rhodes and from Niall Kitson, thanks so much for listening and have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. 
Tech Radio is produced by DigitalAudioProductions.com. Tech. Oh.